Welcome to our Wednesday Shir. This week's part is Vayera, not Vayera, Vayera. Don't ever confuse that. I mean, people confuse it all the time. So I guess I can't tell you, don't ever confuse it. <coughs> full Parsha, very full Parsha. The Malachim come to Avraham. Malachim have one mission, as we know. And they come to Avraham Avinu to give the Psyrotaiva that his wife is going to have a child. In the very same parasha, we have the story of Light and Sdaim, Sdaim Vameda. In the very same parasha, we have the story of Akedas Yitzchok. Very full. Very, very full parasha. Um, the Rebbe taught us mm-hmm. oftentimes how to dissect the Pasuk. How to learn the Pasuk in the Tera. And how that Pasuk should be understood totally from Aleph to Tov. The beginning to the end of the Pasuk should be understood. So we started to scrutinize Psukim, as we say, and looking to see how Rashi is going to translate, how Rashi puts it in perspective. start off a little token concept. As we know, Teda is Nitzchis, is perpetual, and there's obviously no such thing as token in Teda. Okay, I'll explain why these glasses get crooked, I don't know. I guess that's it. We know a cloud in Gemara, the beginning and end of everything that has to do with Teda has a connection. And we do it often time when we come to Chazak of Chumash. We do the Chazak and we explain how the Chazak of the Pasu, of the of that particular Chumash has a connection with the Scholar of that particular Chumash. But we can do so usually with every parasha, not usually, always with every parasha as well. Unfortunately, not all of us are all privy to it or understand it or find this Pirush. is how the parasha starts off. The Rakadish Baruchu, God Almighty, appears to Avraham Avinu in Elena Mamre. 
And the end of the Pasha is the children, the names of the people that are born, Ve'esmacho. The Pasuk Ve'ere Lo Hashem Ve'ere Mamre teaches us, talks to us, and tells us about the revelation of God to Avram Avinu on the third day after his Bismillah. It wasn't a heavenly meeting here. It wasn't something that was supernatural. A down-to-earth meeting of Ram and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Came, HaKadosh Baruch Hu came onto the world, to his tent, in Elena Mamre, in Amiri. And that's where he meets with him. This is where he received the idea to have a brismila. Why? Because Nisava Kadish Baruchu Lias Lidira Bitahtainam. Hakadish Baruchu has the taiva, had the want, had the yearning to make a dwelling place here on this world. And so too, the Brismila of Avram Avinu, and the revelations that came about through it, were directly connected in this physical world, which didn't have any Jews in it at the time even. So too comes the ultimate future, as we say, Not only will the Yidin serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu in the time, in the future, but Mashiach will be attacking the Salem Kulei Lavedes Havai Biyachad. And the Rambam, the Rambam says that Mashiach will see to it that he fixes the world in such a way that every creature and every person in this world will serve God. How exactly it works with the Goyim, etc. It's for a different time. This is the connection, therefore, with the Vayera El Hashem. came down onto this physical world. <coughs> to the last word, Macho. As Macho, the word Macho, Mem, Ayin Chofhei, is an acronym, Rashtevis Meleich Akol Ha'oretz. Rule on the entire world. The Malchus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not limited there is no boundary around it. Avram and Bnei Yisrael itself, but rather it's a to- it's something for the entire world, Jew and non-Jew alike. Hakadosh Baruch Hu has put a world together, and wants, and seeks, and asks each and every one of us to always be involved in the service to Hashem. And in the time of Mashiach, anyone that's existing in this world will have just that mission.
So thereby we see the beginning of the Parsha and the end of the Parsha fall into place one with the other. But as I said before, the Parsha, we learned how to learn Teda by scrutinizing and dissecting every word of Teda. We know the end of Lech Lecha, not that we like living in the past, of course, but at the end of Chumash Pash Lech Lecha, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Avram Avinu, you have to have, you have to bless the children, however, the name Avram, Alevez Reish Mem, you will not be able to bear children, and therefore I'm adding a letter to your name, the letter Hey, the letter of Hashem's name, the letter of Hashem's name, adding it to the word Avram, making the name Avraham, and that name, bearing that name, you will be able to be blessed with children. Sarai in turn, lent him that hay, because her name Shinresh Yud, became Soro, splitting her Yud, which is ten, and giving one hate to her, keeping one hate for herself, and giving one hate to Avraham, and thereby making him Avraham and Sarah as a couple. And that couple, Avraham and Sarah, will be blessed with a child. The Torah tells us, again in Lechachah still, a commandment, a negative commandment, one of the Shesah Mitzvahs Leisasei, one of the 365, At that point in time, you are not allowed to say Avram. His name now became Avraham. And that's how he has to always be called. Unlike later where we find Yitzchak and Yisrael, Yaakov and Yisrael, I'm sorry, where Yaakov's name gets changed to Yisrael, and we can still call Yaakov, we can still call Yisrael. Whereas here, point in case, Avraham was now his name. So it took on a full dimension here of its own, it became an entity of its own, where it becomes literally a mitzvah in the Teda to use that name. More so, our parsha, parsha Vayera, begins, as the Teda tells us, Rashi explains to us, I'm sorry, on the third day after the Brismila of Avraham Avinu. At 99 years old, Avraham Avinu was commanded to do, to perform a bris milah, a circumcision on himself. And he does. And therefore, Avraham Avinu if Avraham Avinu now is sitting, obviously, by his bris. We all know by a bris what happens, they give the name, etc. 
it's an honor actually for somebody to be that person, to give the name. So when he has this name now given to him, it's made a It's so precious. But yet, our Pasha begins, Vayero a love Hashem, Beinenim Amri, Vehu Yeshev Pesach El Chimayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu appears to him and he is sitting at the door of the of his tent. The entrance of his tent. Rabbi Yisai. That's very impersonal. Who are we talking about here? Are we talking perhaps about light? And after all, Terry goes back and forth, goes to the story of light and middle and everything. Let us say, okay, no, don't even think that way. We know it was Avram. Avraham. Granted. Why does not say proudly Vayeda Hashem El Avraham? The Avraham Later on in the parasha, Avraham Avinu is referred to and spoken to, and it says, Avraham, Avraham, and it says the value, the greatness of his name, and calling his name, and HaKadosh Baruch repeats his name to show the love of his name, the love of him. Why then is the Torah omitting his name in the beginning of our parasha? And just using a love and vehu to him and he. As I said before, this is how we were trained to learn a Pasuk in the Torah. This is how we were trained to look at a Pasuk in the Torah. The Rebbe tells us over and over, repeatedly, there is no such thing as circumstance in the Torah. There's no such extra word, or they like to make it more dramatic or melodramatic or anything like that. Torah is not a storybook. Torah is Lashen Hayro'o. A life lesson. And it's that life lesson that we need to learn from every single word of the Torah. In the Torah itself, in the script of Torah, we find there are certain letters that have crowns on them. Rabbi Akiva, the holy Rabbi Akiva, the Tana, gave us 70 explanations for every single crown in the Sefer Torah. Pray tell. Every word in the Torah, how much more so. So Rabbi Isai, what happens here? Are we concerned with extra letters? The Sefer won't have enough ink for the Sefer Torah. If he writes Avraham's name twice here instead of Elov and Vahu. 
We said before that Avram was visited physically by a Kaddish Baruch on this world. Kaddish Baruch did not send a messenger for him. <coughs> Sorry. But rather, HaKadosh Baruch himself comes to visit Avram Avinu. Do me a favor, please, dear listeners. Remember the question. We'll hopefully come back to it, Mr. Shem, for an answer. And if you don't, I hope you have something that helps you sleep. So we have the famous question, which we spoke about many times, but it's so, so pertinent to us. He saw, and there were three people. And immediately he jumps up and says, Excuse me, Akadosh Baruch I need to go greet my guests. From here, we learn a halacha, a law. It is greater the mitzvah of receiving guests than actually receiving the Shekhinah, God Almighty Himself. And the Teret, and the, the Rambam takes the Pasuk. And he stood up and said, Excuse me, I have guests. Again, looking at Milsa, looking at the simple explanation of the Pasuk, we see Avraham Avinu excuses himself from the conversation with HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself, who's coming to be Mevakachel, who's coming to visit the sick after the third day of the bris Mila, which is the most painful time. Sorry? That's why they make, in many circles in Judaism, they make a shlish in the Mila. They make a separate whole Suda for the third day of the bris, after the bris. Either because they really believe in it, or just, hey, why not? Another party. Not a piece of kegel. We learn from here, from this Pasuk, how great the Mitzvah Nasa is. We have a Teda. Teda tells us something. And therefore we learn this from the Teda. Pray tell. I'm using that too much today. How did Avram know this din? How did Avram Avinu know that G'day Lach and therefore he had a right to leave HaKadosh Baruch to greet his guests. So we look back in the beginning of the Pasha, and Rashi explains, he's sitting in the heat of the day, Rashi explains, what does that mean? What was so hot, special this day than any other day? HaKadosh Baruch Hu took the sun in the sky which when he created the world was way too strong for the world to be able to accept and therefore he put it into a casing 
so that the world could possibly cope with it. Mind you, we have summer. In New York, you get some real scorching summers. But when you look around on today's day, you can look on the um, WhatsApp or whatever, web or the web or whatever you're looking at, you'll see there are other places that have way hotter summers than we. We walk around in the summer and we schwitz. We drink a lot. We go into the air conditioning, air conditioned car, air conditioned house, air conditioned shul, air conditioned office. We learn to cope with the heat. There are other places that are even hotter than that. India, etc. Deserts. And you know what? The local natives cope with the heat. I will not tell you that if they came to New York in the summer, they would say, oh, it's chilly here. They probably wouldn't even say, oh, I wish I could live here because it's so much better than it is by us. But in their climate, in their area, in their country, they learn to cope with what they have. Because that's how HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world. And there are many such, not even phenomenons, many such concepts of people, different types of skin types, and this and that, that keep them in their own places, in their own climates. Here, at this point, though, HaKadosh Baruch Hu took out the sun from its shade, and it was unbearable. Unbearable for anybody. Now, there are two opinions. One opinion is that he took it out, and the sun has a healing power. And therefore, since Avram was three days after the bris, the sun gave him the healing power, made his vitamin D, maybe, I don't know, that helped him to get over his pain of the third day. But the main thing here, Ashi tells us here, he should not be troubled by guests. So Avraham Avinu saw that HaKadosh Baruch Hu went to great lengths to make sure that no guests are going to come by. And then suddenly there were guests. Hey, there's guests. So therefore he said, if it's just a gemacht, as you say. It happens that guests came by. That must mean, and it, my automatic reflex when I see guests to go chase them and bring them in to treat to help them. Then, and it happens to be that although Akadosh Baruch Hu saw to it, no guests should be on the road. Now there are, even though I'm talking to Akadosh Baruch Hu, this must mean that these re- greeting of guests is even greater than talking to HaKadosh Baruch If that's the case, without taking the sun out of its shell, out of its case, cover,
Avram Avinu would not have gotten around to doing what he had to do. The fact that Rekhaj Baruch did such a thing to take it out of his cover in order to not trouble Avram Avinu with guests, we must say the Kabbalah's Pineshkina itself is great, but Achnosus Archim is even greater. As we said, the Pasha also talks about the story of Sedaim with light. And we also have Akedas Yitzchok. Akedas Yitzchok, one of the most profound and famous. Happenings in Jewish history. Not only that, but even another step above that, the fact that we mention it so often time in order that we should be answered by our prayers. Our prayers should be answered. We always want our prayers answered. Do we always know, though, what we need to pray for? Do we always know what it is that's important? What it is that's relevant? That makes the right decision. That makes the right thing that we ask from HaKadosh Baruch Famous, not a famous story actually. A story that Al Kapanam, I came across this week. My child, one of my children, one of my daughters came across this week and sent it around. I too forwarded this story because it's a very, very powerful story. I'd like to share the story with you. The city of Mohilov, Mohilov, in Ukraine. It was a beautiful day. <coughs> and the Jewish community had a tremendous simcha. They were inaugurating the new women's mikveh. Women have to go to a mikveh, and sometimes mikvehs are neglected and not appeasing, not appealing, and therefore the 
women go through a tremendous nesayin to go use a mikveh. So Ma'iliv, they scraped and they pulled and they stretched and they put together after many years of how long it took them the money to build a new mikveh, a spacious mikveh. And this was celebration. People were just jumping for joy in the streets. The reception was crowded. Obviously all the women in the town came out to see, to tour, to get a, a good view. Two women of the local community, the Rebetzin, the rabbi's wife, and the butcher's wife, were sitting together on the side. They were sitting together on the side and they shared a very common, not a common, they shared a mutual problem, a mutual issue. That being that unfortunately they were both childless. Mikveh is one of the biggest schoolists, one of the biggest ways of getting blessings, conduit for blessings for children. And therefore at this celebration, everybody was sitting and davening. <coughs> oh boy, there it goes. Finally, they turn to each other and they say, Hashem should bless us both with a child. Hashem, God's help. If we have children, you have a boy, I have a girl, or vice versa, let's shake hands on it now that they should be married. And they both agreed to this wonderful pact. And it was something that they etched in their minds. Something to look forward to. Lo and behold, the rabbi's wife had a little girl and the butcher's wife a little boy. Now, unusual times, they would take these two and they would let them grow up together and everything so that they get to know each other well enough, they grow up together, they can stay married. The rabbi, unfortunately, was not very happy with this whole deal. The butcher was a common, a commonplace person. He was a, a commoner, as he would call it. So, he was a rabbi. And a big one at that, as if he may so, say so himself. Rabbi of Mohilev. He couldn't see his only daughter, pride and joy of his life, 
marrying a commoner's son. Fast forward 20 years, and the rabbi sets out to find a befitting match for his wonderful daughter. And he travels from town to town, yeshiva to yeshiva, and he comes to a city, another large city, similar to his own, And there he meets the rabbi, and lo and behold, the rabbi has a son who is a Torah scholar, and a, not only a Torah scholar, but a person that had good midas. He was the perfect match for his wonderful daughter. Exactly what he's been looking for. Well, what should I say? They shook hands, and in Kiev, and they shook hands, and they said Mazel Tov. And Shalom, now, next stop, Chasana. Yetz Hashem, Teva, the boy will come, get married in the town of Meliv the town of the wife of the girl a while before the wedding the boy shows up in town to familiarize himself since he was going to be living there in the town of the wife of the girl for the most part And he was quite happy, quite impressed. People were impressed with him. But then, one day he came in a little bit perturbed, a little anxious looking. And this happened a second, a third, a fourth day. And he told the rabbi, his father, future father-in-law, I'm disturbed. I walked through the town, I walked past the butcher's house, and she stands there looking at me very strangely, almost angry, frowning at me. I don't want a chashon full in her eyes, in her mouth. I don't want to iron her from her chatzshon. Anyway, the boy persevered this issue. And the day of the chasana came. The day of the chasana came, and the two rabbanim of Meilev and Kiev were ready to walk the wonderful chasan kala to the chuppah. And the Chosen turns around and says, Meirei ladies and gentlemen, 
I have to tell you something very important. Hassan's going to speak. This prodigy. What words will he impart before his chuppah? And he tells the people of the town that I've been here for a week or two. <clears throat> Every day as I walked past the butcher's house, I was getting these looks from the butcher's wife. And it disturbed me immensely. And finally I walked over and I said to her, Good afternoon. She burst into tears. And I tried to console her, she would not talk to me. And this happened a second day and a third day, and I kept coming back to find out what is the cause, why am I causing this woman to cry so badly. Rabbi Yisai, he tells the town, one day she finally broke down enough and told me the reason for her misery or sadness. She said, I was sitting on a, on a bench together with the Rebetzin. And we made up at the time that our children that we would be blessed with would be throat one another. They would get married. And they had a girl and I had a little boy. And one day, the cleaning lady that did all the laundry for the people in the town came I took my laundry to the river in the basket and didn't realize the baby was in the basket and the basket was too close to the edge of the river and it fell in and it swept away and I lost my little boy and now you are coming Baruch Hashem to marry this girl I was always hoping that my Yingala would be Zeichah to that I said to her, down the river? And she said, yes. I asked her, do you happen to have the cloths, any more cloths that you used to use to swaddle the baby? Each person used to have their own special cloth to diaper the baby, to, to change the baby's clothing. And she says, as a matter of fact, I do. I could never get rid of them. I had to always hold on to it. And she shows it to him. Now it was the chassan's turn to cry. And he says to her, I am not the birth of the biological child of the Rav and the Rebetzin of, of Kiev. I was adopted. They found me on the river bank, an infant, mm -hmm. and there was no one claiming a mother nor a father. And because the Rav and the Rebetzin were childless, I was given to them and they raised me. I had that cloth that I was wearing when I was found. And I realized it was a special cloth 
And when I came and you showed me the cloth, when she showed me the cloth she used for her child, I immediately realized this was my biological mother and father. And therefore, Rabbi Isai, in a Simcha Gedayla, we are going to go to the Chuppah with all three sets of parents. My parents who raised me, my parents who brought me into this world, and my parents of my, the parents of my wife. The Rav did not want the child of the butcher. But this boy was to marry his daughter. Separated from his own parents for decades. Where his parents had no idea he was still alive. And yet, HaKadosh Baruch not destiny, Hashkocha Pratis, HaKadosh Baruch hand, His almighty hand, brought the child back to where he belonged and saw to it that this child married the one he was promised to. Vayedo, in love Hashem. Avram Avinu had an identity now. His name Avraham. A name that was given to him that changed his whole essence to an extent that now this essence, this Metzius was able to father a child. Until now, he was not. So when you say Avraham, when the Malach calls Avraham, Avraham, when Hakadosh Baruch Hu calls to Avraham and says, "Kachnas bin Chazichidcha," he calls to this Mitzias known as Avraham, which is now able, which is now a Mitzias higher than the Mitzias of Avraham. And Akash Baruch has conversations with Avram constantly. Mm-hmm. But a physical visit, sorry, a physical visit from Akash Baruch to Avram Avinu, this is something of a whole different dimension. How many of us have been talking to God lately besides going to Daven? Very few and far between do we have a encounter with God. We talk to God by every shit and treat. Every time we daven. Every time we say a capital to him, whether it's our own or someone else's, or whether it's just plain saying to him. We're talking to God to look after our loved ones. We talk to God to see to it that everyone has what they need. Prosperity, happiness, and joy. 
But when we talk to God and God answers, then we know we're in trouble. When Avraham Avinu is visited on this physical mundane world by Akadish Baruchu, the Atzmus, it's not Atzmus Mus. This is even higher than that. It was not only Avraham that was visited. Elov, his entire essence. Vehu Yeshev Pesach And he, his entity that he is, his Nishama, Nishama Teheda, inside out. This is who was visited by Yaakov Baruch. This is therefore the reason for omitting his actual name because it is so much higher. It is so much more special. And we know how high and special his name was. But yet, a visit from HaKadosh Baruch Hu cannot be limited into the confines of a physical human being's mind or heart. Cannot be confined to the physical human being's body. But rather to his Nishama itself. His Nishama Tehira. The famous story of the Al-Tarebbe, which I've told before, that Semach Tzedek, his grandson, was an orphan and very young. And the Al-Tarebbe raised him. And the Semach Tzedek, the little boy, was sitting on his grandfather's lap. The Al-Tarebbe decided to have fun. Or to teach a lesson, rather. Don't imagine that the Al-Tarebbe wasted time just having fun. And he says to the Semach Tzedek, Mendele, or whatever he called him. Vu Zayda. Where is Zayda? Mm-hmm. And little Mandel pointed at Zayda's beard. And he said, This is Zayda's beard. This is Zayda's beard. Where is Zayda? So he pointed to his head. So this is Zayda's cup. Vu Zayda. And this is going on and on. And the child got frustrated. He got frustrated and he got off Zayda's lap and he went to play. Or so thought the Alter Rebbe, where little Mandela had a different plan. He did not go to play, but rather he went to the Zayda's study. And there he stood hiding behind the Zayda's door. And when the Altarebbe walked in, he called out from behind the door, Zayda! And the Altarebbe turned around and he said, Ot is Zayda. There is Zayda. He called to the Metzius, to the essence of his grandfather. And the grandfather's Metzius turned around to him. And therefore he could not say to him, no, this is my feet, my hands, my head. This is the whole me. This is the Zayda turning around to you. And this is Vayeda, a love Hashem, a love to his Metzius, to the him of what he was.
wanted to give a, another mention, Taka, um, for a foolish lame this year, Freyda Leah, Bas Rachel, having a surgery tomorrow. Hopefully, the will be go smooth, it'll go easy. Shavu Rufush Lei Makreva. This is a avid listener, and she and her husband, and her husband for sure, but she and her husband usually listen to the Shir on a weekly basis. So Avram's essence gets sent on his tenth trial. Now, of course, the question becomes, where did the trial start? Where were the tests started? We know that the first test was Lech Lecha leave from your home. And the last test is that of Akedis Yitzchak, at which point he says, Rabbeinu Shalom, you're going to have to call it quits here because I really can't anymore. Comes to Akedis Yitzchak, He tells him, take your child. He says, which child? I have two. Your son. Which son? Yechidcha, the only one. Which one? Each child is the only child of me. Shirahavta, that you love is I love them both. Finally, as Yitzchuk. So Avram Vino was playing a little bit hard to get away with the Gosh Baruch actually. <coughs> I guess. Take him and bring him to the Akeda, bring him up to the altar that I tell you where I will tell you to bring him. Bring him up to the altar. This is This is Alamazbeach to Bring him up onto the Mizbeach is the actual command. Nowhere in the command does it say that he should slaughter him for a carbon. Just bring him up onto the thing, onto the altar. And the Malach comes to him after the whole trial and tribulation of going to this mountain, of going to this place, and all that the Sutton puts them through. Yitzhak and Avram together. And the Sultan was not happy with his story, so he really worked very hard trying to stop Avram from getting there. And he ties him to the altar, and the Malach comes and says, Al because now I know you're God-fearing. Don't do anything to him. Don't hurt him. Don't send your head. Sorry. For now I know that you're God-fearing. Now. What's the real answer? To the Malach. Okay? No. The Malach said, don't shecht him now. 
And he said, so I came here for nothing. Let me just cut him a little bit. Draw some blood. Don't do anything to him. Do not make him any blemishes. For now I know. Explain to me what you're talking about. Esmel, yesterday, Martali, Kibi Yitzchak, Yikara You told me that from Yitzchak I will have future offspring. Then, the Chazarta of Amarta, you went back and said to me, Kach Bincha, take your son and bring him for a current sacrifice. Akshavata Emily, now you're telling me, don't send your hand to the child. I'm confused. You're giving me mixed messages. I will not desecrate my covenant. And what went out of my lips, I will not change. When I told you to take, not changing. I didn't tell you. Slaughter him, I said, bring him up. And you fulfilled and completed your mission. Strange conversation here, eh? Avramavin is telling Akash Baruch Hu, Yesterday he told me take him, today he told me not to do anything. Why don't you say right away? Kaknos Bircha, would have taken my son, ready to walk out? He said, okay, forget it. Cancel. Maybe we could even say that from these words, Avramavina was having doubts. He was contesting HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He was looking and altering the midas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We find later in Rashi, Shama HaKadosh Baruch Hu Meisha, Hirharta al He did have a withdrawal. Meisha Rabbeinu. Leik Avram Shamarti Leik not like by Avram, I said to him, he'll have children from Yitzchak, his generations. Then I said, bring him for an Eilah. He did not blink an eye, not put any doubts, anything I said. But rather, we're coming to explain the words. I explained before you my conversation. After he answers negative 
on his request to Esa let me wound him, let me draw blood. Avram thought maybe the reason is he's not fit to do this. Kachno, etc. Maybe his heart wasn't in it totally. By the Maisa Akedah, and therefore he was not fit to actually fulfill it and go through with it. That's why he's saying, let me wound him, let me do something. He was confessing to the fact that I'm not completing my mission here. And this is what Avram says. Explain to me your words. His request is, let me do a wound. was not to, God forbid, go back on what Kadesh Baruch said, Kachno, but rather to be Mekai in this command. And this way we can answer the contradiction between Kachno, in a way that it's possible to do both. Through making a wound and taking out a little bit of blood and throwing that on the Mizbeach, I'll have done that, and then we'll have children. Now I know you're a God-fearing person, because it means to say, Avram never refrained from doing what he was told. And this commandment he did fully, without any loss. Le'amarti shaktu Leo, I never told you, slaughter him, just bring him up. And this you did. And we made that we have the answer how the two don't contradict one another. In the schus of the Akedah Sitzchok, in the schus as we say to the Akedah Baruch Hu, Tizker, remember what, I could, what Avram did for us, what Avram did for you, how Avram followed your commandments, and the schus being the children of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, just in that schus itself, and that merit itself, we should merit Today, speedily in our day, the Geula Amitis Vashtema, Aydei Mashiach Tzidkenu, a wonderful Shabbos to all.